scatters. Fox scatters. Fox Hello and welcome to Box Cutters episode 63. It's TV for radio on the radio. My name is Josh Canal. To my left, Mr. Ross McQueen. Hey, hey. And to my right, Brett Cropley. Good evening, viewers. Now, Josh, you should explain episode 63. Well, hang on. First, I want to say thanks to Laura for uh, three hours of excellent music. That'll be Lauren. Thanks, Lauren. Lauren. Excellent music. She'll be back again at four o'clock next Tuesday afternoon. I also want to say thanks to uh, Laura, who uh, is who did the voiceover on that uh, history of Triple R. Yeah, well, there you go. Promo. There you go. I knew I knew I was getting something mixed up. TV for radio on the radio. Uh, Episodes one through to sixty-two have been TV for radio on the internet. We've been doing this show as a podcast up until now, and uh, we've been doing it in the three Triple R studios. You can find copies on uh, boxcutters.net of episodes 1 through to 62. Go there, get them. They're excellent. Well, really, probably 12 through to 62 are excellent. 1 oh, through to 12, really, you think? Not, not 24. 24 wasn't oh, no, a high point. 24 was terrible. <laughs> and if you want my opinion, avoid at all costs last year's Christmas show. But No chance. That was great. <laughs> that was fantastic. But it is all about television. That's what we do here on Box Cutters. We talk all about television. And uh, to do that today, we're going to have an I Don't Buy It, which is a segment we do about advertising. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going to talk about special guest appearances on TV shows that I've been quite impressed with recently. Uh, Ross, you're going to talk about The Amazing Race. I am. Big fan. And uh, we're also going to cover the new uh, Channel 9 programming for next year. We're going to finish everything up with pork, which will be self-evident at its time. And as always on Box Cutters, we're going to kick things off with the Box Cutters news. First up in the news, some uh, important news from Channel 9, Brett Cropley. Channel 9, uh, in an effort to, well, under the pressure to cut tens of millions of dollars after uh, their deal with uh, on, on the stock market with, uh, is it CTV, CTC, CVC, whatever. The, the, I, you know what, I've got it somewhere here, the, uh, I'll private, find out. private equity uh, company to basically sell off half of their stocks. They're under the gun to cut tens of millions of dollars. And uh, one way that they're going to do that is uh, maybe by outsourcing some of their news and sports programs. Hang on. So so this new deal with CVC Partners... There you go. Uh, ...has actually left them in the hole. Well, no. They've got a... From memory off the top of my head, it was about $5.5 billion uh, that they'll get uh, in the end out of that deal um, once the new media legislation comes through. Um, so they've got... A crap load of money to uh, put into probably uh, mostly casinos. Right. Once they get it, uh, because that's Jamie Packer's uh, love. But uh, they're going to so, be so Eddie slashing, has to... cutting and burning, as Eddie has been doing over this year uh, at Channel 9. And so he's got to find $10 million somewhere. So what do you mean outsourcing news? That's tens of millions of dollars. Tens of... Outsourcing news sounds like a huge, huge thing for Channel 9 to do. I mean, all this year, we've been talking up Channel 9's commitment to, to news and how... They're really one of the only, uh, they pretty much are the only remaining commercial network to have any kind of commitment to news. So what are they going to be outsourcing? Well, they're having uh, top-level talks uh, with Foxtel, uh, who have canvassed Sky News, taking over news programs such as the Qantas in-flight news and the 4.30pm bulletin. Um, so not your uh, your ratings leaders, but uh, some of the stuff they kind of, it brings has a bit of income coming in, but uh, it's not a, a great gain profit leader. Um, also, they're talking about Fox Sports taking over such shows as Wide World of Sports. 
Um, more widely known is the fact that Channel 9 is considering using Foxtel's North Ride Studios in Sydney uh, after selling their studios in Parramatta, I believe it is. Um, and they're also set to close their London Bureau, which uh, may impact box cutters quite severely because our, our, our European correspondent, correspondent. James Talia has uh, been over there for Channel 9. He uh, recently was sent over to be the London Bureau for Channel 9 uh, only two months ago, wasn't it? September. Yeah. Uh, So not that long ago and maybe he's going to be coming home. We might have to talk to him next week about how he feels about being known as the man who destroyed the Channel 9 London Bureau. (laughs) (laughs) Could could be a bit harsh, but fair, Brent. Harsh, but fair. Uh, Ross. Some fantastic news from the States this week. CBS has announced that uh, they have extended Dave Letterman's contract until fall of 2010. That's uh, that's great news for, that is for all news. Letterman fans. Even uh, it, it's, I, I guess it's not really a surprise, but he is getting consistently beaten in the ratings over there by Leno. Lord knows why. But... Uh, but it will be good for us here because, uh, as we announced on Box Cutters some weeks ago, as part of the new deal with CBS and Channel 10, Dave will be screened on Channel 10, hopefully at a reasonable time. After the late news. Which, uh, which is hopefully some, somehow that CBS have managed to get the $38 million a year that Letterman will be getting. Oh, really? For $38 million. The, the report I read said undisclosed. Yes. Well, Likewise. I, the, the report I read... Was very disclosed. <laughs> uh, $38 million. I, I, I wouldn't have been surprised if you'd just plucked a figure out of the air. <laughs> but, but that's, but that's what you usually do. Uh, it is what I usually do. This is, <laughs> this is according to The Age, uh, who quote, agencies. So um. maybe some agency has gotten its, its hand on that figure. Now, somewhere. apparently that takes his contract to beyond uh, the date that Jay Leno has announced for his retirement. Yeah, Leno is ending in 2009. And uh, the other guy, Conan O'Brien, is going to be taking over. So I think that year is going to be very interesting because there are a lot of people who watch Letterman and Conan because they're very Mm. similar in their Mm. humour. Well, Conan kind of started out as a Letterman writer, didn't he? No, Conan started out as a Simpsons writer. Simpsons writer. Wasn't he a Letterman writer before that? I don't think so. I thought he was. I I don't know. If if you aren't Conan O'Brien, could you please (laughs) call us on 9... What, what is the number? Nine three double eight one zero two seven. Put a uh, plus six one three in front of that to get through to us, Conan. Or send us an email at hooray at boxcutters.net. You know why I have problems with it? I still have the old triple R phone nine number. Four, nine four nine two eight double six. Which, I don't know if it still works, but for a long time that did work. And so I had no reason You'd to get learn through the new, every week. No reason <laughs> to learn the new number. Uh, in sharking news. Oh, yes. There's what does a- that mean, Josh? Brett, it's like you haven't listened to the last 62 episodes. <laughs> Sharking is when one network mm. sharks someone from another network. What, they throw No, they don't throw water ball. mammals it's not, at them? It's, it's not like down ball sharking. <laughs> it's not like that, Brett. This is when they take someone high up, in a high up position, and leave that other network in the lurch. This is huge news in England at the moment. Because Michael Grade, who was BBC chairman for the last two years, has been sharked by ITV and is now uh, going to be heading up ITV, which is the traditional rival of BBC in the UK. I think that's the problem when they start uh, not putting uh, lords and peers into the position of head of BBC because... uh, they get the, the higher offer from ITV and, and they go with it. Whereas uh, your, your inherit all, what's that word, peers um, have as much money as they need and they're not going to go for the bigger bucks. And they, they don't really care, but they also turn up to work drunk and don't do anything good for the company. Sure. So clearly... But hey, they're not going to go over to ITV. <laughs> uh, ITV is in a lot of trouble at the moment. They're, they are in a lot of trouble and have clearly thrown everything at the wall to, to get this guy on board. They're, uh, they're losing ratings, they're, they're losing share, they're losing... Uh, I think uh, B-Sky B have just bought a whole heap of ITV. Oh, really? Now, is ITV a company that does... A production company that does a lot of work for Channel 4? Or is it Channel 3 over there? Uh, ITV is its own company, is its own, yeah, yeah, is but, its own but network. Yeah, but they, they work on a specific channel, and I can't remember from when I was there. 
I don't. I don't know. I don't get it on my remote control. So Channel Four has their own production company, and we actually get co-productions with Channel with Four. Channel here. Four, yes. Yeah. And Channel Four have Channel Four Films now, and ITV. I think ITV might be like the weekday in London, uh, Channel Three, and then it's Granada TV or it used to London be, Weekend Television. It used to be London Weekend Television, but now it's just all all ITV ah. is my understanding. And this guy, uh, Michael Grade, has it was previously the head of London Weekend Television before he went to the BBC, and now he's gone back to ITV. It's very complicated, but people are just completely outraged in the UK. I wouldn't be surprised if, if uh, we uh, we don't see some. Uh, we, I wouldn't be surprised if we do see some riots taking us back to the Thatcher era over this. What? It's, I'm not. I, I'm, I'm not sure we're going to see that. You don't think so? No, no. It's no politics. Speaking of people leaving networks, uh, we've uh, just touched. The end of the uh, ratings period for 2006 in this country, which is a fine, fine time for box cutters to come live to air on Triple R. Uh, <laughs> let's uh, run down through the list, shall we? Naomi Robson, uh, from all the sources that I've read, has decided on her very own, she hasn't been sacked, she hasn't been boned, to not return as the Today Tonight what uh, I heard, presenter next year. What I heard was she was quoted as saying, I'm really looking forward to going dancing. You think that's a subtle hint at really? where she'd like her career to go? Really? To the, well, to the pubs and clubs. Yeah, well, th- no, she meant the pubs and clubs. But I think she's, uh, she's saying, put me on Dancing with the Stars. Oh. That's, that's my next credibility stop. If, well, the immediate- if they put her on Dancing with the Stars, there is going to be one costume in khaki with some lizard on it. You know that, don't you? <laughs> and she does, she does admit that she regrets uh, wearing that. Uh, oh, you, you know what? This is the thing. She says now that she regrets it. Because, for all intents and purposes, she's been sacked. The, she said she, it at the time, too. No, she didn't. At the time, she said it was a, it was a production decision. A production decision for the shirt, and then it was a kid that came up and put yeah. that thing on her I th- shoulder. I thought she said the kid, the kid gave it to me, and I didn't want to upset him. Yeah, that's not regretful. <laughs> that's, I think it was pretty regretful. No, I, now it's regretful. <laughs> anyway, the immediate talk uh, after her announcement was that she wanted to become Australia's Oprah Winfrey. And uh, apparently state, uh, network people kind of laughed at that because she obviously thinks that she connects a lot more with the viewers than she actually does. Um, who else have we got? Sharon Gadella, who was uh, the newsreader on Channel, Channel 9. 9's Today Show. Uh, she's six months pregnant, seven months pregnant now, and uh, is going to read news in Brisbane for Channel 7. Tracy Spicer uh, has been sacked from Channel 10, apparently. That was done by email. Oh, really? Uh-huh. Uh, Tracy's taking legal action against Channel 10, uh, claiming that she's been discriminated against discriminated against uh, because she's come back from having a child and uh, she's too old um, and a working mother. I want to talk more about that in Paul. She says she's not suing for the money, but to protest against Ten's treatment of women. It's not about the money. Uh, Also, Channel 7 on the Great Outdoors have ditched Laura Casortan and Di Smith. Uh, I've never heard of them in my life, but I'm sure they'll appear at Dancing with the Stars. Well, that's the problem. Nobody's watching the Great Outdoors or watching Getaway. And uh, Channel 7 need to do something about those uh, ratings stacking up against them. Get rid of it. It's a terrible show. That's it. Done. Channel 7, listen to Josh. Yeah. Speaking of departures from Channel 7... I think we're going to say speaking of terrible shows. It were, well, uh, touche. Uh, <laughs> Dicko has left Channel 7 and has gone back to Australian Idol. <gasps> really? He's announced that he's going to be a fourth judge for oh Idol. Oh, my God. How is much that, do you think Carl Sandilands is shaking in his boots? Well, no, apparently, apparently they're, they're good friends from back when uh, Dicko was a recu- record exec and they get along well and it's fine. But you can't have more than one nasty judge. If I was him, I would be like checking my contract with a fine tooth comb. Yeah, but I, I think the difference is Dicko's a, a nasty judge with a, a little bit of intelligent comment, whereas Carl Sandilands is Go just then. an idiotic asshole. <laughs> well, I'm hoping this is the end of... Dicko's complaining. Every bit of press he's done over the last couple of months has just been complaining that Channel 7 don't know what to do with him and he's not sure whether he's a celebrity or if if he's a TV personality and he just keeps complaining about it. He gets paid far too well to do what he does, in my opinion, not very well. Just be happy, Dicko. Be happy with your life. Apparently he recently spoke of his struggle to present a camera with a script 
and yep. uh, plays a lot better just going off the top of his head. Um, it's interesting, Channel 10 and Dicko have both been silent and they're not commenting on uh, the switchover and it's been left to a Channel 7 spokesperson to uh, actually say that Channel 7 are happy about him leaving and wish him all the best. Right, I really... <sighs> all I can do is sigh. <laughs> I, I agree, he was good on, on My Restaurant Rules. I think he's got a lot of talent. I think he's got more talent than Idol requires. And Celebrity Survivor was just a crap show. Like, if you're going to have something called Celebrity Survivor, have some celebrities. But that's also Channel 7's <laughs> problem is they don't know what to do with their talent. They'll spend all this money on getting talent and they won't know what to do with them. Hey, a guy, Leach, who actually won. Iron Man. Who won Celebrity Survivor came, oh, out, really? came out and I said... I really? I hadn't heard. No, neither had I. But he came out and said, oh, of course, we're celebrities. Who you can't expect football players in the peak of their career to come on, or you're not going to get Russell Crowe on there. He was an Iron Man back in the eighties. Come on. Yep. So uh, anyway, on to more important things. Maybe you sold some muesli bars. A while ago, <laughs> we, we reported that uh, the Daily Show and Colbert Report, which both appear on Comedy Central in the US, killer shows. Love them both. Daily Show appears on the Comedy Channel here in Australia, and, and also the Weekly Daily oh. Show on Thursday nights on SBS at ten o'clock. Mm-hmm. And uh, and they had uh, a whole lot of stuff up on YouTube, and this was huge for them. They would get a, a whole lot more viewers, and, and their ratings actually increased because all this stuff was on YouTube. And MTV Networks, which owns Comedy Central. Uh, said to YouTube, funnily enough, the same week that they were bought by Google, uh, can you please take all of our stuff off your site? Or we'll sue you, and we know you have money because now you're Google. That's right. Well, it turns out that Viacom, which owns MTV Networks, which owns Comedy Central, also owns a rival video website called iFilm. Which has been around for years. And now they're putting bits of Daily Show and Colbert Report in three-minute grabs up on iFilm. But you know what? That sucks. It Why? sucks so badly because uh, it's they iFilm uses a proprietary video player, uh, unlike uh, just a simple Flash uh, FLV player, and um, it won't actually play in the Firefox browser. You are required to use a Microsoft Internet Explorer browser because of the ActiveX controls that they use. Right. Mm. News in brief. News and brief. Uh, prison break star involved in fatal car accident. I think the most misleading he- heading of uh, of the week, because the prison break star wasn't actually uh, fatally harmed, uh, or or even mostly wounded. I think Lane Garrison of TV's Prison Break and three teenagers tweener. struck a tree. It's tweener for those playing at home who don't know who Lane Garrison is. He's, he's the, the white guy that talks like a black guy. In an SUV, killing a 17-year-old boy, two 15-year-old girls inside the vehicle were also injured, one critically, during the late Saturday and night accident. And it's not sure who was driving. Garrison, 26, had minor injuries. Uh, Carolyn. Oh, Ross, yeah, Carolyn Chetcher. Uh, we reported a few weeks ago that she she is, of course, one of the two of Donald Trump's judges for The Apprentice. She was, I think, one of the greatest things about The Apprentice. Well, she's been fired. So is George, by the way. They both, <gasps> they both have to... Uh, they both have to... have been taken over by the uh, Trump children. Right. Donald and Ivanka. But Carolyn was fired from the show and the Trump organisation. Yes, that's true. Well, she's been picked up by Microsoft to help out with a uh, best small business competition that they're running, which is good news for Carolyn. It means she doesn't have to go back to being a caddy. Yeah, which uh, I think she was more than that, but uh, I don't know. And lastly, in the box cutters news, uh, Hugh Jackman is uh, set to sail with a show called Voyages. He announced that uh, his production company, which is called Seed, Productions mm-hmm. uh, will uh, release this show. It's going to be a Rashomon style storytelling. What's that? Uh, Rashomon was an Akira Kurosawa film where uh, basically the, the story went backwards and forwards and you saw the same story told mm-hmm. by different people from different perspectives. Mm-hmm. Uh, fantastic film if you, if you want to get it out. Uh, Jackman said, we were looking for a new way to tell a story on the small screen and Max, the writer, hit it on the head with this idea. So that's going to be on CBS in the US. And, sounds interesting. Uh, I'm sure we'll get it here on Channel 10 when that comes around. Yeah, sounds interesting. And that is the Box Cutters News. 
Are you one of those that follows the follows the ads? I Don't Buy It is the name of this segment. It's box cutters looking at ads generally that are pretty crap. Just before we jump into that, uh, the track just there was Spank Rock with Backyard Betty taken from the New York, the sex, the city, the music. Now, uh, what did that have to do with television? Alan, C, D. It doesn't have to have anything to do with television. I think television. Our, I this think, is triple R. I think our music should have something to do with television. You know, we're going to run out of songs so quickly. We're yeah. only, we're only a summer fill at the moment. <laughs> Russ, I'd, I'd we, only, we only need 18 songs about television. <laughs> if you know uh, of any songs about television... I can think of two off the top of my head. I've, I've got one, so we're up to three. Right. Maybe we're doubling up, though. We don't know. <laughs> Email us, hooray, at boxcutters.net. Tell you what I don't buy. Yeah, tell us, Brett. The My Australia ad, uh, which is doing the rounds at the moment, it's tied in with Yahoo 7's travel site. Imagine this. Sonia Kruger talks in artsy <laughs> close-up shots <laughs> about the rock. Can it's, I stop imagining? It's huge. <laughs> Awe-inspiring and getting up at dawn and the silence because I don't think people knew what to say as the sun comes up. While she's speaking, there are cutaways to a side shot with Sonia talking in front of a pile of red sand, a couple of shrubs, a bit of a log and a stick, and a model Uluru that is distinctly reminiscent of Stonehenge in Spinal Tap. (laughs) And her delivery uh, leaves a lot to be desired. When I first came across it, I uh, flipped halfway through the ad and I actually thought what, it was, was some sort of mockumentary Captain Kim type advertising? thing. Uh, well, it's, it's travel to Uluru. It's in my Australia. If I travel to Uluru, and I, am I going to end up seeing Sonia Kruger? I don't think so. I think she's been there. Apparently, it was some present for a boyfriend at Christmas. Because I don't, I don't want that. That seems to be the story so far. Uh, if you if you Google Sonia Kruger and Yahoo Seven My Australia, you'll you can actually watch it online if you really mm-hmm. want to watch it. Um, but perhaps the biggest problem is that you make uh, it sound so appealing, Brett. <laughs> perhaps. Well, this is. I don't buy it. Perhaps the biggest problem is that uh, Sonia Kruger is nothing without a studded microphone. And I don't buy it. <laughs> I don't even know what that means anymore. Tom Elliott here from a variety of different media organisations. 3RRR, 3AW, Channel 7. Mornings with Kerry ann Inside Business on a Sunday with Alan Kohler. I like to spread myself around and so should you. Listen to the box cutters on the internet or any other media you can find them. I think it's educational. I think it's fascinating. I think you might even learn something you didn't know before. Listen to the box cutters. I always do. I trust him because he knows stuff. He, he knows a hell of a lot of stuff. And he's one of our uh, regular guests here on Box Cutters. And, bless, uh, bless Tom I, Elliott. I, as long as he's not leaving the country, I think we might be able to get him in for a special episode. And speaking of special guests... Ah, nice segue. I've been watching a lot of television from the internet uh, recently and, uh, and also a, a lot of old series. Battlestar Galactica. Which the old one or the new one? The new one, but season two, I watched all of season one, didn't much like it. Had heard that season three was fantastic, which uh, I think only uh, eight or nine episodes have gone to air so far on the Sci-Fi Channel in the US, mm-hmm. and thought, well, I should at least catch up. And so I've watched uh, all of season two, and I was very impressed with some of their guest stars. They are. Uh, they seem to know exactly the right stars to get to keep sci-fi fans excited and still watching. So the first to appear was Lucy Lawless. As you, you, you see where where I'm going with this, the second to appear, Michelle Forbes, who was on Star Trek: Next Generation, and uh, most recently, Dean Stockwell from Quantum Leap. Ah. Now, Lucy Lawless and Dean Stockwell, both. I don't want to. I don't want to spoil anything for people who. But they they have reoccurring roles. So essentially, what the producers of Battlestar Galactica have done is is go. Which I I started to call it Battlestar Count Dracula because <laughs> I imagine this great crossover with uh, with Cylons why, and vampires. Why am I picturing the, the nerds from The Simpsons going? Dear sir, your show is great. Please have a guest role for Lucy Lawless. I think that's what's happened. And they've gone, people will keep watching it. Yeah. 
And and she's great in this, by the way. And Dean Stockwell is just she such doesn't a look great anything actor. like she looked as as Zena though. I think she's had some work done. She's unrecognisable. She Zena. really is. Mm. She really is. I think I think she's had some work done. And also on a recent episode of Veronica Mars, this is in season three of Veronica Mars. Veronica Mars did go to uh, a high school that, sure, let's call it Sunnydale High, <laughs> for all intents and purposes, uh, and has since gone on to, to college. Now, the imaginary college that she's going to is called Hearst College because it's in that particular part of California where uh, William Randolph Hearst made his fortune. And, uh, and so, but it's, it's an imaginary college named after an imaginary philanthropist. And so they uh, had an episode where the board of this college had to vote on something and they had uh, the family member, a descendant of the imaginary philanthropist, played by Patty Hearst. Ah, clever. I thought that was a great little bit of, uh, of guest star showing. Now, mm. if you're interested in seeing Battlestar Galactica, the sci-fi channel which launched last week, launched on December the 1st in Australia... They are actually starting from Series 3. And uh, this week, they're showing a catch-up episode. Oh, okay. Now, what sort of Foxtel deal do you need to get the Sci-Fi Channel? I don't know. In fact, I, uh, I have it in my deal, and that's a $50 a month deal. Mm-hmm. So, I think you really only need uh, the basic package and maybe one of the extra packages. Mm-hmm. You don't need movies. You don't need sport. You don't need... Uh, any of that, you can get uh, some good content like that. Now, after the Love My Way brouhaha, do you think it's going to be another situation of a bait-and-switch kind of deal going on? Uh, with Sci-Fi Channel, no. I think what's, what's actually happened is Sci-Fi Channel have taken all of the Sci-Fi content from TV1 and Fox 8 mm-hmm. uh, and consolidated it mm-hmm. on the Sci-Fi Channel. So we are seeing old episodes of Quantum Leap. We're also seeing the Thunderbirds. Uh, they've got episodes of Doctor Who. Uh, they're, they're going to be showing recent up. Doctor Who or old Doctor Who. I think it's recent Doctor Who, but I'll have mm-hmm. to I'll have to check on that. And uh, uh, and the, the only new show that they're showing is uh, is Battlestar Galactica, as far far as I know. Mm-hmm. But at least it will be shown in a regular time slot uh, on Australian screens. I think I actually think it's done very well for a show that had a poor start. It's gone on really well. Hey, this is James Talia, and you're listening to the spot where you can find out everything good. Bad and otherwise on your box. It's the box cutters. You're back with box cutters on three triple R now, Ross. Something about the Amazing Race. You won't tell us what it is. Well, no, no, and I've got a bit of a build up to it as well. I assume okay. you will now. <laughs> I'm hoping. Uh, I think uh, there are a few reality game shows out there that really inspire their fans, like the Amazing Race. Uh, fans and devotees tend to be ravenous junkies who are desperate for another hit of, of the race whenever they're, uh, whenever they're a little low. I know I'm like that, Josh. I'm very much like that. Yep. But in, uh, fa- in fact, I haven't seen this week's episode and I'm a, a, I'm uh, a little bit shaky. And uh, what about you, Brett? Hey, where do you stand on The Amazing Race? Bumped into an episode the other night, but uh, I couldn't tell you right now when it's on. But are you a big fan or...? No. No? No, okay. it's inoffensive. Yeah. But it, it hasn't uh, hooked me in. Yeah. Well, Heretic. I think it's <laughs> I think it's easy to see why it's uh, why it's so popular amongst its fans. I think whereas because they're all nerds. <laughs> hey, <laughs> who who the hell are you, Pot? <laughs> calling us kettles Ross. nerds? Uh, so we got Survivor constantly tinkering with the format and changing things around uh, to try and stay one step ahead of the contestants. I think that the Amazing Race has a winning formula of exciting challenges in foreign locales, relationships under pressure, and dodgy taxi drivers. Yes. <laughs> so uh, for all of those Amazing Race fans out there, and I know there are a lot of them, I have four very exciting words for you. The Amazing Race, Asia. <gasps> yes. I've heard about this. The big, uh, the big show has its first international franchise. Not only is it good, it's great. Believe me, people, this is no Australian survivor. Really? Yep, it's fantastic. What, what language is it in? It's all, they all have to speak English. Right. And there's 10 teams from a range of different Asian countries, all, all uh, striving for $100,000 US. Car, hold, cold, hard cash. Right. Uh, it's hosted by a guy called Ellen Wu, 
who who basically is just Asian Phil. Like if you can imagine Phil if he were Asian. Really? Is yeah. High pants? Yeah. He's, Excellent. He's, he's just identical. Right down to the uh, wooden stiltedness when uh, he has to diverge it all from his prepared remarks. <laughs> Does he point? Has he pointed? Yeah, he's pointed. He's oh. pointed. He's only, uh, there are only four episodes in so far, but he has done, I think, one or two points. Because, you know, Phil's toned down the pointing a little yeah. bit, and now he'll only point like... What one- does he point at? Oh, when, when the races are coming towards the finish line there'll be a shot of him pointing out towards where the races are. And it's just, it's so staged. It's fantastic. Yeah. Uh, uh, and I think more than just a franchise, this is, uh, this is made by fans of the show. And they've got lots of uh, fantastic challenges, including one early one where they had to push a vending cart along whilst singing the traditional vending cart song whilst not spilling any soy sauce. Oh, fantastic! But uh, but I guess uh, the main thing with the Amazing Race is it's uh, it's people and moments that that make it such a great show. Uh, there's the two flamboyant friends who, uh, in hysterical tears, not just sobbing, hysterical tears, both before and after they have to abseil down the inside of a uh, nine-story shopping centre. <laughs> and uh, the guy gets to the bottom and he's just bawling and he's saying, "The clue said." The clue said it was shop till you drop. <laughs> uh, there's the uh, the two originally English. They were originally English, but now I think they're living in Thailand. Contestants who right at the start of the show say the bad luck follows them round, and uh, especially with taxis, they have no luck with taxis. Straight away in the show, they get into their taxi. It sets off. An hour later, they're going past the place that they set off from, <gasps> looking out the window, going, oh, no. "What the hell's going on?" <laughs> Uh, then there's the two models who, you know, almost forfeit a challenge with go-karting because one of them doesn't want to put the helmet on because it will mess up her hair. Oh, see that? And that is the stuff that I love about The Amazing Race. So are they only going to Asian countries? They're going all over the world. Well, in the fourth episode, some exciting news. They just came to Australia. Oh, fantastic. So uh, so I have no idea where they're going next. They're, they're only, yeah, like I said, they're only four episodes into it. Because uh, you know it's my secret dream to one day bump into contestants from the amazing race and have to help them out in a challenge well if you if you'd been in sydney they had to uh they had to get people off the street to sing them click go the shears boys and they were walking around sydney and there was nobody there it looked like it must have been about seven or eight o'clock in the morning on a weekend like it was it was just fairly empty and uh they they kept getting tourists and (laughs) and they're saying oh can you sing this song yeah, sure. And they'd sing the whole song, but of course they had no idea what the tune was, and so they'd fail the task and had to go get somebody oh, else to sing it. Oh, they'd give them the lyrics. And, yeah, yeah. Oh. So they'd just make up a tune. Uh, look, this is fantastic. It's, it's, it's very exciting. It's very touching. It's laugh-out-loud funny, and it's heartbreaking. So if do, you're... Do if, we know if Channel 7 have I, picked it up? I really I doubt it. I would imagine that there is no chance of seeing this on on television in this country. But so it's available on the internet? It is available on the internet. For a limited time only, I would, uh, I would imagine uh, the torrents weren't that strong. Obviously not compared to, you know, say, Heroes or Prison Break or some of the American shows. You have, to, you have to kind of search around for it, but it is well worth a look. If you're an Amazing Race fan, check it out. Bless you, Ross McQueen. We're back on Box Cutters, and it's been a big week for Channel 9. A big week for Channel 9. They've announced a bunch of new shows. And this is coming up for 2007, so it's not just the uh, summer fill, although there is a bit of uh, good stuff and uh, first release stuff uh, going to air over the summer. Yeah, I, I think uh, there, there are you know, summer fill shows that can just be fantastic. The West Wing. The, uh, is that the final series? That series, they they'd be up to series seven, I would think. No, six. They're up to six. They're up to six of West Wing. Mm-hmm. Bloody hell. They're terrible. Is that it? That's the only show that has got... <laughs> what, the ABC are terrible? Oh, no, no, no. The ABC are up to series... Right. Yes. Sorry. We were talking about Channel 9. Weeds is also screening on Channel 9 later tonight and get ready for a crap TV on Box Cutters next week oh, because yes. uh, the first two episodes of Weeds that I saw both ran for half an hour. And Nine has only scheduled an hour for them, so it'll be very interesting to see now, the, how much they clarify, cut out. We should clarify, they ran for like 28 minutes without ads. 
The, Each. Uh, the two I had, I checked today, one ran for 30 minutes, 30 seconds, and the other ran for 29 minutes, both of those without ads. Right. Yeah. Stay tuned for a crack TV. Well, on Channel 7, we've got uh, The Lost Tribe, which follows three suburban families who are sent to live for a month as members of the last primitive tribes on Earth uh, in locations such as uh, Africa, Asia, and South America in small villages there. Um, we've got uh, a half-hour advertisement for Jetstar. Apparently Channel 9 are, are digging them, and so they just want to get as many people as they possibly can. This is a Jetstar seat, especially now that they're going international. Well, this is... Uh, this is <laughs> it's not cha- quite that. It's not quite that. This is Channel 9 doing an Australian version of Airline, where they take a low-budget airline and... Uh, make a documentary about people missing flights. Still, I'd prefer them to do be doing a low-budget version than that than a low-budget version of... Uh, what was that terrible show, Late Night Flying High or Mile High? Or a Mile High. Mile High. At least they're not doing a version of that. Oh, oh my God. <laughs> a new observational documentary series called Code Blue, uh, which is from the same production team as RPA, but uh, I assume it's just going to be half an hour of looking at people almost dying. Yeah. <laughs> riveting, riveting television. It's, it's, there's going to be, you know what, more stat than a show can handle. <laughs> Actually, I, I'm not sure that uh, the Australian doctors say stat, do they? I've never heard in an Australian Get me hospital. 10 cc's of stat. <laughs> <laughs> um, we've also got the Dame Edna experience, which uh, Dame Edna this did the, this is years the first ago time, over in the UK. And it's the first time that Barry Humphreys has done a Dame Edna show for 20 years. Here? Yeah, a Dame Edna television show. In Australia? No, no, because she was over in the UK um, not long ago. In the 90s. Really? Yeah. This is a co-production with Tiger Aspect, I think. Uh, That rings a bell? Yeah, it is. Uh, Stars that have already been booked uh, include Jane Fonda, Charlton Heston, Liza Minnelli and Sean Connery. I think Barry Humphreys is just a pleasure to watch in whatever character he does. And, uh, and you know, I, I'll be watching that. I think it's going to be a good show. I can't see him doing something shit unless Channel 9 take whatever Tiger Aspect do and cut it up and, and make it shit, which they would never do. Channel 9 would, would never do. It's the sort of thing that they'd only do if their hair was on fire. <laughs> I couldn't imagine them with their hair on no, fire. They've no. also picked up a couple of uh, UK titles, a royal family profile called Monarchy, uh, from BBC One and ITV One Impossible Pictures, six-part CGI-laden drama, Primeval. Mm. Oh, is that based on the novel? Uh, I think it might be a little bit more kind of walking with dinosaurs. Oh, okay. Oh, prime, right, as in medieval, primeval, yep. rather than prime evil. Yes. Two different words. Yes. yes. Right. Uh, also the UK German factual series, The Truth About Food. We're not going to be seeing the uh, smiling uh, autopsy practitioner on the Nine Network. But, no. Uh, hopefully, oh. hopefully he'll be coming back to SBS. The, the weird Indiana Jones villain. Yes. He looks like an Indiana Jones <laughs> villain. I'm not wrong there. And uh, he was chumming. Uh, a tsunami uh, miniseries starring Tony Collette which has been produced by the BBC and filmed on location in Thailand. Channel 9 will have that. Uh, And shows that are coming back to Channel 9 include Get Ready to Groan, Ross. What's Good For You? No. Was that right? Yeah. Missing missing Persons Unit. And Get Ready to Groan Again. What a year. (laughs) I I think the next one they're doing is 1066. (laughs) (laughs) Now, previously, previously we have mentioned 100, 1 versus 100 and show me the money. I can't wait to hear what John Farnham thought of the Battle of Hastings. <laughs> we've also got the second series of... They're having trouble finding footage, but well, it'll, be a, it'll be a pearl of a show. Also, the second series of Hotel Babylon uh, from the BBC One. Oh, did oh. they... Yeah, they, they did end up showing all of series one of Hotel Babylon, I assume, didn't I th- they? Yeah. It, well, it, was only, it was only no, a short series. I no, no, I wasn't, no a I wasn't a fan. I, I didn't like oh, it. Or probably a six-parter coming out of the UK. Uh, mm. Yeah, so it was only a short series. I think Channel 9 did show all of it. So they can put it on at 11.30 some night uh, mm. where it's going to be up against Letterman on, uh, on Channel 10. We've also got the usual fairly tedious uh, procedural CSI, CSI Miami, CSI New York, Without a Trace, Cold Case, ER and The Closer. Um, and uh, some other stuff. 
Oh, all... Sea Patrol with Lisa McCune. Oh, fantastic. Who wants to break out of her uh, typecasting. Sea Patrol? Is that going to just be water rats, though? Is it going to be water rats all over again? Could be. Oh. Hopefully, hopefully with less harbour stuff. I hope they it... get the frick out of Sydney. What I'm hoping is that it's a cross between water rats and Stargate Atlantis. Really? Yeah, yeah, that's, that's my hope. I'm, I'm kind of hoping it's more like the original Batman. Get me the Sea Patrol. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I think that's it. Really? So look out for all of those coming on your box next year. Nine three double eight one zero two seven is the number to give us a bell on. Uh, I know we've been talking a lot. We're just about to go to a track uh, from a, the, an album from Nightmares on Wax, the My Definition album. Nightmares on Wax compilation, My Definition. What do we hear, Brett? The track uh, Summer Love, the Beyond There remix from it's, Billy Wright. I like that a lot better than the original. 
I don't know. I've never heard the original. I just, I just thought the, I'd... The one from Greece. That was Summer Loving. <sighs> Did the thing. Hey, um, when I cast my pod, it's with the box cutters in mind. Box cutters. Pod. Cast. Done. Pork is on the table. We have seven minutes for pork. Seven minutes to eight. Coming up next, uh, Beats Electric. Maybe with Nick Taylor. Well, around this time of year, everybody's thinking of what sort of gift to possibly buy for any of their loved ones or acquaintances or anything like that. I think I have the perfect gift to give and to receive. You could, I, I'm going to go out and buy hundreds of copies of it myself. I'm sensing sarcasm. It's, uh, it's from Australia's own answer to Dr. Phil, David Kosh. No. He's released a new book called Koshy's Guide to Keeping It Real. (laughs) Uh, The the little blurb says, From this respected financial journalist and media personality comes a manual for life, covering everything from building and managing wealth to organising and surviving a teenage party. I think uh, this this book will be very handy for me. I, I seem to keep it on a sub-real level quite <laughs> quite a lot. So uh, this will this will keep, this will help me keep it real. Because one day Fry is going to grow up, be a teenager, and yes. want to have a party. That's it's true. good to have a reference guide. That, that's that's exactly true, and I'm sure that the the wisdoms that he's spouting now will be eternal, eternal I, wisdom. Koshy started as a financial uh, analyst on Channel Seven. Mm-hmm. Uh, at what point did he go, no, I'm actually an expert on everything. <laughs> I'll write a bit of a book about it. I, I reckon it was the time that the, uh, the, the official Sunrise fan club card-carrying members topped 300,000. Right. I just, I just don't get it. No. I don't get the Koshy. No, I don't get it either. I don't understand There was it. a bit of uh, controversy over the week about a, a bit of a joke that he told. Uh, apparently, <laughs> they have a segment on the show where they get viewers to send in jokes. Well, that, that, was, told his, this that was his last year book, Stupid Things I've Said on Sunrise. Really? I don't think no. that's what it was called. I think it was called Koshy's Joke Book. Right. I wish it was stupid. <laughs> uh, yeah, but uh, Which was something about it was Kim <laughs> Beasley's urine and uh, Jeanette's handwriting. Yeah, something about that. That that was the joke. One 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 time, I said it was seven minutes to eight. And it was only seven minutes to seven. They actually got uh, their first their first ever uh, governmental ministerial complaint about the show, and he's been very apologetic. Now, has anyone caught up with Degrassi: The Next Generation? No. What twenty years ago? No, no, the Next Generation. So uh-huh. all the people that we was this recent recent all the people that we knew and loved in Degrassi. But even the, next, even the next generation is like 10 years ago, isn't it? No. Oh. No, no, no. This is actually the next generation. This is Spike's daughter is now at oh Degrassi God. High. Oh. Is so Screech still there, though? Screech, no, that was Saved by the Bell. Oh, I was getting those two mixed up. But you've got Joey Jeremiah as an adult. You've got uh, Snake. You've got Wheels. You've got... <laughs> You're looking at the wrong person. Really? I never watched Degrassi. You, you never watched Degrassi? If my wife was here, she'd be nodding away. She's probably at home listening to the radio nodding away, but I never watched oh, Degrassi. Because I, I also have a, a lot of Degrassi High on DVD. Uh, I, I, just, I thought it was a fantastic show when I was a kid. And, uh, and The Next Generation is also a, a really good show. It's on CTV in Canada. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and has been shown here on the ABC. That's The Next Generation. The... Uh, an interesting thing that CTV are doing is showing the episode that is airing that night at 9am on the internet. Oh. It's available for download and or stream. Okay. On the internet. What, before it goes to air? The day before it goes to air. Wow, that's interesting. So the morning before it goes to air. I think that's really interesting. I'd be interested to see how that works for them. I suppose if there aren't any ads in the show, it doesn't really matter when people watch it so long as they watch it. No. Uh, and so whenever the kids have the opportunity to watch it, that's great. And as we mentioned on the show uh, last week or the week before, there have been studies done of late proving that downloading does actually up the amount of viewers to shows. It doesn't, it doesn't diminish the Yeah, viewers. that was uh, that was posted up on the blog. Yeah. Which you can mm. find at boxcutters.net. Yeah. Uh, we also mentioned Tracy Spicer during the show and during the news. There's been... Uh, a, a lot of talk about has she been sacked because she's too old and unattractive. 
has she been sacked because she went on maternity leave and came back and they can't actually sack her for going on maternity leave, but they could sack her once she came back. Uh, has she been sacked for, for whatever reason? Uh, I, I want to point out that I think the discrimination goes both ways in the, in the media. I think she wasn't suing anybody when she was positively discriminated to for being blonde and good looking when she first got the job. Well, and, and also it's hard for uh, a young male journalist to get a desk job to get a hosting job, uh, but quite easy, as, as you point out, for uh, for a young blonde lady on Channel 10 to get a hosting job. And there, there have been... M- might I point out that I am sure that at the time she wasn't going around telling her friends, well, <laughs> lucky I'm blonde and good-looking because really I'm not that intelligent. No, she probably wasn't saying that. Nobody no. said anything about her intelligence. Okay, but uh, I, I'm sure she didn't think she was positively discriminated for, for getting the job. But there was there was a thing with Channel Ten years and years and years ago. I didn't give it to Michelle Grattan, did they? <laughs> when and fair enough too. Uh, years and years ago, when uh, Joe Pearson changed her hair color, she oh, dyed her hair yep. from blonde yep. to a kind of dark brownie red, mm-hmm. and got the sack. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think it's anything like that. It's <laughs> it's nowhere near. It's I think the the whole situation is so complicated and the way networks staff their on air their on air staff is is really very difficultly worked out to maximize ratings and if they don't think that this particular person is going to bring in the ratings then of course they've yep. got reason to sack them yep yep i agree hey did you guys happen to catch any of my favorite album that was no. on, on uh, yeah just, god that was hokey just on sunday night who were what? those people on the panel and why did it become a panel show when I mean, that, the, the previous well, two shows have been what there was a two-hander last year and a, a white hand one no, hand they're both panel no, that was both panel, panel. Last well, year, it, it followed, just david and margaret last no, no, year my, my, favorite favorite film, film? my favorite film was david panel. wasn't there it followed the exact same formula uh look i think miff was a great choice as host i think having cram from spider bait on excellent dicko and renee gaya okay even the chaser guy yeah you want a bit of humor what the hell is judith lucy doing there yes what judith yes. lucy's on the panel yep. i don't care what judith lucy's opinions are no one's ever thought mm, she's got a good record collection. Exactly. May- I mean, maybe somebody has, but nobody's ever said it publicly. So I don't. What I what think the was, thinking uh, was probably more along the lines of, "Hey, she's a comic. She'll say something funny. It won't just be this dry, dull." But what was Australia's favourite album? She's not funny. Album? She's just irritating. Was it was something it Joe funny? What was Australia's favourite? Uh, it was Pink Floyd, "Ducks Out of the Moon." Oh, see, I, yeah, I should have no. put money on that. And there mm. wasn't a single Australian one in the top ten. No, um, there are a number of issues. With hey, the, uh, the, and the, the in the uh, in the top fifty. Melancholy and the Infinite Sanders by Smashing Pumpkins was above Siamese Dream, which is just ludicrous. That's yeah, that's nuts. Uh, the music is playing. Has anyone heard that? Music is playing. The music is playing. That brings us to the end of Box Cutters episode sixty-three. If you like what you're listening to, check out the blog. Make comments at uh, boxcutters.net, and you can email us hooray at boxcutters.net. Uh, I usually, at this time, thank 3 R because we use their studios for recording our podcast, but we're on air. And if you want to have a chat now, 93881027, uh, we'll be hanging around for a few minutes to uh, field anything that uh, you want to say. Was- y- yeah, please pass all your irate comments on to Brett Cropley. <laughs> uh, until next week, my name is Josh Canal. Ross McQueen. I- Tune in next week when you'll hear Dr. Bob say... I continue to be Brett Cruffley. <laughs> Thanks for listening to Box Cutters. Catch us again next week. Same bat time, same bat channel. And hey, let's be careful out there. Listener.